We are live. We've got another very special guest. He's a Twitch FIFA streamer, content creator, and he's also a fellow podcaster. And uh, he's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and his podcast is called For Foot Sake. Mr. Yeah. Bristow, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's weird being a guest instead of a host after doing it so many times. So it's nice to say relax a little bit and not worry too much, but I'm doing very well. Mm -hmm. Is this your second time being on a podcast as a guest? Yeah. So the, the very first time was, I'd probably say over a year ago now, it was kind of going over my kind of experience coming out to America and more to do with soccer and football, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But yeah, the uh, only the second time that I actually being a guest myself, so. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that's a pretty clever name that you got for your podcast name. Yeah. So the, the issue was at first, I actually had a different name for the podcast. So I finding out a name for a podcast is one of the hardest things for anything. And I was like, right, I've got a very good name here. I think it was what, what the foot. And I was like, that's a great name, <laughs> great name. And I went through, I looked online, I looked on Spotify, Apple, all those kind of things to make sure that no one else had that name because you don't want to copy someone else. I looked on Twitter, things like that, and I couldn't find it anywhere. There was no what the foot anywhere. And I was like, okay, we're good, we're good here. Uh -huh. And then I go ahead and I release the first episode and I post it on Twitter. And within five minutes, I've got like three or four people saying, oh, I can't believe you've copied this, uh, the podcast name. And... So what I did, I did it in the morning. I released it. I was driving to work on my phone. I got this notification. So, oh, I can't believe you copied this guy's name and all that stuff. And I'm just like panicking. And I'm like, have I actually done that? I've actually copied someone else's name of a podcast. I've messed up a big time. And within, when I got to work, I was like, right, I've got to figure out here how to find a different name. And basically I left it for a bit. I messaged the guy. I was like, so sorry. I didn't realize you had a, you like had the same name as you. And... <laughs> It was uh, it was a bit awkward at first because I was I was really panicking. I was like, I was like, what do I do now? And I put the I think I put a tweet out, put a message in Discord asking for like name ideas, and uh, for foot's sake, seemed to be the best one after that. But uh -huh. yeah, it wasn't all plain sailing to begin with. I I said I was actually like panicking at first, uh -huh. and uh, I felt really bad copying someone else's name. <laughs> what was that podcast about? Was that about Ultimate Team as well? Yeah, it was. A, it was like? a, yeah, it was another Ultimate Team one, but they hadn't done. They don't. They've stopped doing their podcast, I think, and they hadn't had any recent episodes, which is why it probably didn't come up when I searched for it. But mm. yeah, I they, they had like people who had listened to their podcast having a go at me, saying like, "Oh, look at this guy! Like, delete this, delete this." Yeah, and I was like, "I've not done it on purpose. <laughs> I'm yeah. not trying to copy someone else's uh -huh. name." But yeah, I I didn't feel great to begin with. Yeah. Um, I didn't put I didn't put any time into my name, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Put FIFA in my name, and that's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No thoughts of mine. When, when, um, actually, what made you want to get into podcasting? So I going back to the first time I was a guest on a podcast. I'd spoken to that guy. I, basically, I knew the guy from college. I played with him in college, and we were about to get into basically. He finished season one of the podcast. I think he had 10 guests on and he's about to do season two. He messaged me saying, hey, do you want to be the, the co-host of the podcast and kind of go go with it that way? And we were about to do it. We had to change the name because, again, another issue with names and podcasts is that people kind of get a bit iffy if you try and steal their name. But that never got up and running because he's a college coach and he didn't really have enough time to be able to do it as well. So that kind of was a great idea. Went out the window. Then after that, I was like, tell you what, I enjoy being on the podcast. I enjoy kind of speaking about FIFA and things like that. And I was like, tell you what, I'll, just, I'll start a podcast and see where it goes from there, really. But I think the things with podcasts is that it's almost become like a, I wouldn't say a meme, but always a group of friends always go, hey, we should start a podcast. We should do this, do that. And people would say, like, do one or two episodes. And I know I've got a few friends who've done it, too, who've maybe gone, done like one, two, three, four episodes of podcast, stopped it, never really continued it. Mm. But I was like, tell you what, I'll stick with it. It gives me a piece of extra content every single week that I've got to basically make sure that I do it. And if I'm, if I'm strict to it, if I keep to the schedule, then every single week without fail, I'll have an additional piece of content that people can watch if I'm not live too. And that's the thing I've always struggled with. I've always wanted to do YouTube, things like that, but I've never been able to consistently do it and kind of make sure that I'm strict with it and I do it every single week. But with the podcast now, if I don't get guests or stuff like that, then it's down to my, it's my fault. 
So it's kind of pre- I put pressure on myself to do it. But so I enjoy doing it. And I think the initial idea is just basically just additional content that if I kept with the schedule, it would kind of make sure that I've got to do it and without kind of not let myself get lazy with it really and just kind of keep on top of myself really with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I rec- I listened to like your recent episodes and I really enjoy the podcast. It's it's really good. It's good insight on like people's perspective on FIFA and gameplay and content. It's I really enjoy it. I just no, want to say that. It. Yeah. That's the it, thing as well. It's I think people with FIFA don't always I think you you go into streams, you speak to, speak to people about FIFA, and it always kind of it's not always fully in depth about the game. And I don't know, I wouldn't say my podcast is very. I think it is a bit more serious than other ones, maybe. And it's kind of there is some jokes here and there, but it's kind of there's a lot of stuff to speak about FIFA. And at least every single week, I try and have like a, a new topic and things like that. Because if you break it down quite a lot, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with FIFA. And if you really think about what EA do and the reason why EA do certain things, it does get fairly interesting. And that's kind of what interests me is that EA kind of has a reason behind every single thing that they do. And it's trying to figure out what that is without kind of being too reactionary and saying that EA are a bad company, EA do this, do that. And again, well, the, the main thing I always say is that EA are a business. And for them, obviously, they want people to enjoy the game. But there's always a kind of money and a business side of things to everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting how there is that business aspect of it and that influences, you know, the content that's released or maybe the gameplay. And for a guy like me, that's really got into FIFA, like since 20, you know, it's, it's enlightening to me. Cause like, I'm learning a lot as you guys talk about this. And a lot of the players can refer back to like past FIFAs, like even to the point when ultimate team started. Yeah. So when you hear guys like that talking about what it used to be compared to now, it's pretty fascinating. Like, like what they're doing with this game mode. I think even for me as well, I didn't really get into Ultimate Team until around FIFA 17, like properly. I I played it probably I would say probably no more than like 10 to 20 games on the early ones, like FIFA 11, FIFA 12, and I've been playing FIFA probably since about FIFA 2004, and. I don't know, Ultimate Team was never really a mode that kind of caught my eye. It was always there as more of a career mode guy. I think when I got to FIFA 17, I had a friend who got really into Ultimate Team. And I was like, tell you what, I'll, I'll pick it up as well. And it gets to a point where you try and be really competitive and you want to get a better team than someone else. And that's what kind of hooked me into it was that, right, this guy spent money on the game. I, I don't want to spend money, but I want to get to a point where my team's better than his team even though I've not spent any money and kind of not rub it in his face, say, hey, like you've wasted money here. But that's kind of what got me into it. And then ever since then, it was a case of, right, I'm going to kind of, it is addicting. That's the, people don't admit to that. But yeah, it's just the, the constant want to better your team and kind of be better than your friends and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's definitely addicting. Definitely, it gets me like, especially for a guy like me that does Road to Glory. Like, every time there's, like, a new objective or SBC, it's, like, you always have to do it. You kind of have to because it's, like, if you want to keep up, you got to you gotta grind. <laughs> yeah, especially early on, too. That's the, the, the first few months, I think, are always the kind of best part of FIFA because every game that you play, obviously, you get, like, 500, 600 coins. Every game matters so much early on. And, again, even now as well, I think it is the... Uh, I think earlier FIFA's struggle with getting people to play all year round. I think last year was really the first year that they kind of made sure people played all the way through into the next installment of FIFA. And obviously that linked in with the like COVID and the lockdown and whatnot. And obviously yeah, no one could really go outside, so they have more incentive to play video games and stuff. But I think they're working more and more on now is that instead of there being like a, a nine-month cycle and then you've got three months of a, a dead period where people don't play on the team, they're really working on it now so that people play it all year round and they really don't go away from the game, which is, again, is good for EA. It's important for them to kind of get people hooked on the game all year round. And I think a lot of people early on, too, complain that the, the good players or the, the better players weren't being released early. But now mm. we're seeing it's all a part of their like master plan of wait until the very end for these top-tier cards to come out. So you've always got time to play and obviously improve your team throughout the year. Mm. Because I think going back to one thing that kind of like stays in my mind is I think with a 
another FIFA podcast called the Foot Weekly Pod. They had Chuboy on. Chuboy used to work at EA. And basically, EA figured out that whenever people get to that kind of top-tier team, whenever, whenever they basically get to their almost god squad, they stop playing the game. So in order to keep people playing, they need to make sure that they can always improve the team and make it better. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, they're pretty slow to that more this year. So you need to keep playing and playing and playing until you get to that main team. But that's the thing. It always reverts back to there is a business side of things with EA. And they always have, an, have a reason for each thing they do. Maybe it's not always clear. And mm-hmm. maybe it's sometimes stupid. But again, we see that they're making more and more money each year as well. So they must mm-hmm. be doing something right too. Mm-hmm. For you personally, for now, till 22 comes out, do you still plan on playing FIFA? And like, what do you do at this point? I will I will probably play it close to all the way through to the end. For me, I think it's kind of a case of I if I didn't stream, I don't think I'd play as much FIFA. It's kind of a FIFA allows me to stream at the same time and maybe I might go into other games and things like that. But I probably will go all the way through if there is stuff to do and if there's stuff to play and kind of stuff to grind towards again. Some really good objectives released recently, um, like a Tao, Alessandrini, players like that, which Again, makes you want to play, makes you want to get them. And I can still improve my team come the end, and I've got some good players in my team now. So it's it's kind of good to enjoy using the good team now. But again, people always say it's July, it's August, why are you still playing? But it's always, I think I've seen someone else the other day say that, why would you stop playing when you've got your best team all year? Surely mm. you want to, if you've got your best team, why not enjoy using that quality team? But I might venture into a few other games. I know F1's getting fairly big now. But yeah, I think I'll be through to FIFA until probably the very end. Um, and it's just tough not to, it's tough to stick away from it. And it's always the, for me, I'd, I'd like to say I stopped playing weekend league early or like stop at gold two, gold three, but I've always got to play all my 30 games. I just, I just can't not do it. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see, like for me, playing FIFA is like, I think the main reason. I continue playing it's because i am creating content and if i wasn't i don't know if i'd be playing fifa to be honest <laughs> it's, i mean yeah, i do like the game but yeah it's, oh, uh, i think gameplay is good at times at times it's bad as well but it's one of those things isn't it that you can you can stream people come in and speak to you about fifa and whatnot and i know FIFA streamers have a tough time venturing to other things and other games because most people will watch you for that one game. And if you do go, do go away from that, you probably your viewership will go down. People won't always be there. And yes, people will say, well, then they're not real viewers. They're not there for you. But it's always a case, isn't it, that if a streamer is known for one game and they go to a different one, it's always going to go down. And it's always kind of, you don't want to lose viewers at the same time as well. But obviously, you want to keep people involved and then obviously go through the next year. But the tough thing or the interesting thing as well is the summer is always a good time for maybe the smaller viewers, sorry, the smaller streamers to gain more viewers because you see the top guys like Castro, Bates and those kind of guys, they will they will go away from FIFA in this kind of time period. And there'll always be people who will only ever watch FIFA content. So when these top guys stream other games, they'll lose some of their viewers. Then I'll go and try and have a try and find other FIFA streamers too. So I know a lot of guys, I think even for myself last year around like July, August, it was a great time to kind of pick up a lot more viewers. Hopefully take that into the next installment of FIFA. But it's always interesting because there is people, a lot of people will only ever watch FIFA and a lot of people who play FIFA will only ever play FIFA throughout the year. Whereas a lot of other games, let's say Call of Duty, things like that, people are more into the like genre of first person shooter instead of just purely FIFA. And the issue is FIFA hasn't really got any competition either. Even with uh, with Pez need the new eFootball. Yeah, but I've also heard that from another streamer that at this period, like, like even in the past, like someone like run the foot market. I heard he blew up after the World Cup, in like FIFA eighteen, and this is like a really crucial period that if you're a small streamer and you want to keep streaming and possibly get more viewers, like this is a good time of the season. Yeah, now it's important. Also, it's nice to try a hand at other games too and a lot of guys want to be i think the the ideal kind of streamer probably is to be a variety streamer people will watch you for you and watch you no matter what game you play and say fifa sometimes tougher that kind of thing because you are limited to only people who play fifa but yeah i mean as long as fifa and ea bring out content all the way through there'll be stuff to do and stuff to play 
it's just whether you want to um kind of sweat out certain things and play and do every single objective in the game there is you just got to try and pick and choose probably come down the end but as long as there's stuff to do long long as there's weekend leagues to play i think i'll be uh i'll still be there yeah same here same here uh i guess i have to i'm wondering too if i should play like other games i mean i played other games in the past but like there's this new game called i don't know if you've heard of pokemon unite no i haven't i think i've seen something about it though on uh, on twitter it's a moba game yeah so it's like that's something i i have kind of want to play and try but like i don't know if i want to actually like stream it and kind of like what you're saying it's like you're going to bring in a different audience and if you're playing another game your fifa viewers probably won't tune in for your streams and like you kind of run that risk if you commit to like another game so um yeah i know i definitely want to be mainly a fifa streamer but every once in a while maybe maybe i could play a different game or mix it up a bit yeah no it's nice to switch things up i always try and do a a scary game every so often um it's always he's got to try and find the every so often or set like a challenge whether it be like a channel point thing you can do say if you reach hundred thousand channel points you do like a, a different stream or something just trying to switch things up really or get kind of viewers to kind of help direction you towards a different game to play I think I know for me the I think Far Cry Six comes out soon. Mm. I wouldn't mind trying to play a bit of that. Too fair, but it's just trying to, again. It, it's hard to sometimes branch out because, like I said, FIFA FIFA viewers are very loyal to the game itself and kind of around football. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, it can be tough. But again, yeah. there is ways now. It's it's nice to try different games out, see if you enjoy some other games too. And again, things at Pokemon obviously still fairly big as well. Anyway, so. You could, you never know. You could get a few viewers, viewers here and there from that. And they might stick around, like, like how you stream, like how you are, mm-hmm. and you never know. You could pick up a few more viewers that way. Yeah, definitely. Now, are there any goals for you personally as a content creator with FIFA or podcast that you have in mind? So for me, I've been streaming now for probably over probably a year and about a year and nine months now. So quite a while. For me, I think. My ultimate goal, probably, I don't know how far away it really is for me, but it's to be probably a partner on Twitch. That's my kind of aim. I wouldn't say personally that I, I don't think I'd do enough right now to get to that point. In all honesty, I think a lot of people you see recently have come from TikTok, from other platforms, done well on those platforms, and then it's helped them on Twitch. So for me, I don't think, I wouldn't say personally I do enough to get to that point, but for me, ideally, become a partner. Again, do more on YouTube, grow my YouTube channel, and then with the podcast as well, just trying to keep growing that too. It's in, for me, I don't probably do enough on YouTube with obviously my own kind of Twitch channel on my own with the podcast too. So that's kind of the next venture for me to get the podcast into video form. And my aim with that kind of thing is to do like 10, 15-minute clips from the podcast, probably post that like three times a week, mm-hmm. and then do it that way instead of posting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I know it's another podcast. I think it's Jack made us a happy hour one. And he usually does pretty well with like 10, 15 minute clips and that kind of thing. But that's for me really. And again, TikTok as well. Just trying to basically be on every single platform that I can be on to basically increase my discoverability really. That's the kind of the main thing. It's sometimes really hard to grow on Twitch and to just be a Twitch streamer. I know a lot of guys will do like five, six hour streams, five times a week. And they won't be on any other platform, so the only time they can get discovered is whilst alive, and that can be very tough. And a lot of people think that, hey, if I stream like 30 hours a week, then it's going to be a lot better than streaming, say, 15 hours a week. But if you're not making the most of that time and being able to create content other elsewhere, then it kind of is detrimental to uh, to your growth, really. But yeah, for me, again, I'm going to be streaming and creating content for for a while, mm-hmm. just trying to make sure that I can kind of have goals and plans in place. That I can kind of go with it and know that I am actually doing my best to to really improve. And that's what I say right now. If I'm being honest with myself, I don't think I, I do enough. Um, but it's just trying to be kind of hypercritical of yourself mm-hmm. to, to break it down and figure out what you need to really do in order to kind of take that next step and get to that next level of streaming, which, again, you've seen a lot of guys will do it. But there's always a reason behind how they've got there, whether, it's, whether they've done well on another platform or the content they create 
is changing to kind of suit what people want to watch and things like that. So there is ways to do it. And I think for for anyone, if anyone wants to get bigger, wants to get a, become a bigger content creator, streamer, or whatnot, there is always ways to do it. You're just going to maybe speak to someone else or look at yourself, watch your own streams and be like, hey, I could do this less, do this more, things like that. And it's kind of thinking about it more other than just being, I need to stream more. If I stream more, I'll get bigger because it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Is, is the goal to eventually make this thing a full-time thing? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a goal. It's a thing that I would love to be able to do full-time. Mm -hmm. Although, I, for me, it's a case of if I wanted to become full-time, it's a massive jump from where I am currently. And I don't think it would be, ever be an overnight thing. I mean, even guys mm -hmm. who, um, who get like 200, 300 viewers a stream, I don't think even those guys can be can fully t commit to being full time, mm -hmm. and it, it's very tough because you need to be able to have money from whether YouTube, other platforms too, to help that. Yeah, but yeah. I know I know a lot of guys who will commit to going full time and might struggle at first with the money side of things and hopefully grow that way. But I don't know. It's hard, especially to be to be married and to kind of get to a certain point in life where you can be like, right, I'm not going to work. I'm going to throw it all into streaming. And it doesn't work you've probably got like two three months without enough money really and it can be tough then and obviously guys who are younger have a great chance of doing it say if they're they're out of college out of high school they can afford to do it for a little bit but as you get older it can be hard to kind of throw all your uh, effort into doing it if there's yeah. any money helping you along alongside it too yeah do you have kids as well no i don't <laughs> okay. so i'm 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 uh i'm gonna <laughs> wait waiting a bit for that but yeah that's just the other thing too i yeah. and i'll be fair play to those guys who've done it i know um one of the guys that i met along early in my kind of stream career chufsters he's been able to i know he fully committed i know he was doing like a part-time job and trying to do twitch full-time and now he's been able to do it because he's had the youtube behind it as well and things like that but yeah it can be and i know a lot of guys say they'll do it they say they'll go full-time and I wouldn't say they they're doing it without thinking properly, but a lot's got to go into it. I think in order to become full time, and I don't think anyone who say averages probably between anyone who isn't partner to go try and go full time before that is is very very tough to do it unless they've got backing or a lot of money saved up in the bank as well. So yeah, it's uh, the the money side of it is probably the biggest thing, but. If people will live at home, live with their parents still, things like that, then obviously it's a lot easier. You haven't got to worry about bills and kind of looking after other people too. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. I mean, there's all these other factors that that influence, you know, our ability to stream, especially smaller guys, um, from, you know, to continue to produce content because, you know, there's other things. There's this thing called life, you know, <laughs> that we got to, we got to, you know take care of and and so much of these other things you know take up our time and sometimes it's hard to just make room for streaming and creating content yeah no it's, it's tough i said myself I, I try and stream probably five times a week and throughout probably the the earlier part of kind of well mid part of fifa two when i was in the podcast as well i'd stream stream five times a week do the podcast one night and usually have probably one day off a week from doing any streaming. So it'd basically be a case of going to work from 8.30 to 5, come home at like 5.30, either stream straight away, grab some food, go live at 6, 6 until 9. And then after that, I'm really only ever free from like 9 p.m. onwards. And um, it's tough. I think people don't always think about that kind of thing is that if you want to commit to streaming and things like that, it takes up a lot of time and obviously say i want to create a tiktok additional content too that's maybe another half an hour to an hour on top of that too so yeah it, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it really and i think people don't always look at that side of thing as well and they say yeah. oh, why, why don't you stream more often why don't you do longer streams but mm -hmm. if you've got say a relationship if say you've got a, like a wife girlfriend whatever as well alongside of it as well you, it, it's tough to really balance it and say even working out going to the gym things like that and that does become tough because again if you're trying to work out say nine ten o'clock at night you'll get back and then you're not going to be able to sleep straight away and yeah a lot a lot goes into it and it kind of uh, a lot of people don't see that but yeah yeah it, it can be tough at times yeah definitely um well for you like 
how has the experience been ever since you started streaming and with the podcast and all that? It's been, for the most part, it's been pretty good. I think at first when I started streaming, I would say I struggled to really get going. Um, I never really did the other kind of, I mean, TikTok wasn't really around when I first started streaming. Uh, YouTube was there as well, but I didn't really touch that. So when I first started, I probably had two guys I knew from college who I knew played FIFA quite a bit as well. And I'd always message them saying, hey, I'm gonna go live today can like can you guys even like lurk or be there for a little bit huh. and the first like few months of streaming it wasn't easy i don't think i i probably got affiliate maybe two or three months after first starting streaming so mm-hmm. for the first two months i didn't i didn't average over three viewers a stream and it is not easy the the initial part unless you know people on the platform already unless right. you've got friends or you've like watched other streamers too yeah. can be very hard as well to get going and i think even even after two months i think i probably hit over three viewers a handful of times we're still on like 35 35 followers i think i got my wife to create like three accounts to follow me on those <laughs> to try and to try and get my followers up uh-huh. and things like that and then i had a fairly big rave from chuffsters and that like pushed me over to the 50 follower mark and then mm. after that i got the affiliate but yeah the, the, the initial part of streaming unless you know people already or you can network very well it can be very tough and hmm. it's always the main thing is that you've always got to try and be speaking or talking whilst you're streaming even if no one's listening or if no one's going to type back to you right. that's the hardest thing because you go into a stream you watch someone say two three minutes and if that guy's not said a word what i'll do is i'll go right back out and go watch someone else and right it can be tough because you got to tell people to basically they are basically speaking to themselves really if no one's watching them they've got to constantly speak if they're in a room on their own they are speaking to themselves and that's the probably the hardest part is to make sure that whilst you're streaming there is no quiet time throughout the stream mm-hmm. you've also got to think yourself as well was that would you go and watch someone who's not speaking re-watch mm. the streams and then mm-hmm. say like to like i didn't do very well today i didn't stream well i didn't speak enough and that's the other part of it too is that if you're not used to speaking so much, it can be hard because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you can be a streamer and not like speaking. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I think for me, I've got better at it. I used to hate public speaking. I used to not be able to kind of speak in front of good group, big groups. After coaching for two years full time, helped me with that too. But even again, sitting here in front of a webcam and speaking a lot. It doesn't come to you straight away and it does take time to get used to it too but yeah i think it is tough for streamers early on um but like, I've, I've enjoyed my whole process i think for me it's nice to be able to kind of see good growth throughout the time and figure out that's the reason behind the growth too sometimes there's kind of periods where you don't grow as much as you'd like to and obviously the podcast for me has kind of been able to help me network with other streamers as well speak to other guys and like one part of it is creating the content the other part of it as well is having the kind of speaking to them before the podcast speaking to them after the podcast and just getting to know them as normal people because as streamers you can go into other streamers chats type in their chat kind of speak to them that way but you never really get that chance to speak to them face to face over zoom and things like that so mm-hmm. it's a nice little thing to do as well kind of for me but yeah i've enjoyed it so far i wouldn't say i've had any kind of really rough periods i mean there's times where you kind of think why am I not growing? Why am I not doing this and that? And it's tough not to look at numbers. And I think for me, early on, one of the best things I did was try not to look at my numbers whilst I was live because you can see that effect in your kind of energy throughout streaming. If you're streaming and you see like two, three viewers there, you probably won't have as much energy as if, say, there was like, you see all of a sudden 30, 40 people come in, you're able to speak more and kind of be more energetic. And it's, it's tough if you just have like a blank number there and assume there's more people there than there is then this helps you kind of stream better and say i would say probably perform better that's the main thing i mean it is a I wouldn't say it's a performance but you are kind of being an, an entertainer for the most part for trying to be mm-hmm. i think everything that you just shared i mean i resonate with i totally understand that journey and that perspective and it's it's good it's good hearing that from another streamer like yourself and i'm glad like viewers are here and they could be able to hear that as well. And uh, 
what I want to ask is like, what continues to motivate you to continue to push out content at this point after being like a year and a half in into this thing? So for me, I would say, I said, I enjoy doing it no matter what, but I think for me, I enjoy the people that are in my community, speaking to them, speaking to people every day, those same guys, getting to know them as kind of people and saying like, basically knowing how they get on their personal life, whether it be work or things like that, what they're doing on the weekend and kind of, that's what I like doing. I, I like speaking to the same, similar people every day and kind of getting to know them as people. And that's the main thing for me. I try and be fairly active in my discord and things like that speak to people outside of just streaming. So that's probably what I'd say would kind of motivates me. But it's a case of you always want to keep going, keep doing better, keep kind of hopefully get to the next level, whether it be, it depends what stat you want to look at really, whether you want to improve your average viewers and stuff like that. But for me, I would say I just enjoy doing it. Um, I, I could I could stop streaming. I could probably get a coaching job. I could coach in the weekends or things like that. But I think I would say I enjoy streaming more than that. And mm. I think for me, it's not a case of I'm not streaming and being like, all right, if I don't get partner in three, four months, I'm going to stop streaming. That's not the reason. I, I genuinely enjoy coming home from work and being like, right, I'll stream for three hours and it goes by quickly. And that's another thing too is trying to, people when they start streaming can only stream for an hour. But now for me, I think because I've done it so much, that three hour, four hour, five hour stream goes by quickly. And that's the main thing. If you enjoy that you're doing it, then that's kind of the the main motivation for it. I think mm-hmm. when guys try and push it to become full-time, that's when you see them probably changing a little bit, becoming something not. But I think for mm-hmm. me, that I'm able to just relax, not be kind of hyper and like screaming and shouting and throwing my chair, <laughs> things like that. It's nice to be able to just sit here, talk to people that you know in your community, yeah. see how they're getting on, kind of speak yeah. about like my day-to-day life as well and, kind of do it that way but i think that's the main thing for me i i enjoy doing it so that's why i do it yeah um, i don't think there'd ever be a point where i go like right because i've not grown enough i'll stop i think if i ever get to a point where i don't enjoy it then i'll probably stop but i think it hasn't really changed too much for me like i said it's i think it depends what uh, depends on why you stream the reason why mm. whether you want to be successful or whether you see it's a hobby but i think for me it's more of a I enjoy doing it. it's more of a hobby for me and mm-hmm. if I if I do become successful at the same time then great mm-hmm. but I, I just enjoy doing it some, even like even on the weekends too a lot I'll stream for like three four five hours at a time and I just the time goes by quickly and that's what helps but yeah I think there's people out there too who like I said stream for the wrong reasons they're trying to be someone mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. and then you kind of see that them their persona on stream changes and things like that yeah, but, yeah I mean we'll see where it goes from here really but like I said don't get me wrong, I'd love to do this full time. I'd love to yeah. have 100, 200, 300 viewers at a time. Right. But I think in order for me to get there, there's other things that I'd probably have to do. And mm-hmm. maybe I'd have to change as a person, do different content that maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do. Because I think right now with FIFA, the main thing is that everyone always wants to see whether it be player picks, opening packs, things like that. And a lot of that costs money. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, have, if you haven't got a lot of money, it can be hard to do that. But yeah i think it's just trying to figure out what you enjoy doing and if you end up streaming and you don't enjoy it then then don't do it there's no, no there's no pressure on you i don't think everyone i don't think anyone can be a streamer i think everyone can stream but i think sometimes people go into it like i said go into it for the wrong reasons mm. and it's same with everything not not everyone can be a professional footballer not everyone can be a professional basketball player i mean i can't because I'm, I'm not tall enough but... <laughs> uh-huh there's always it's always a kind of some people have a limit and whether they've got to realize early on that maybe then they're not cut out for it too um but yeah i think I've, i know a lot of people too who will like will push it so much and they're right, right next year I'll become full-time do this do that but then they won't really ever look at themselves and think that what they're doing is maybe wrong mm. or they don't really ever change and it's tough i think that's a lot mm-hmm. of it's a lot of streamers out there a lot of different people and a lot of different personalities and things like that and I mean if you, you go around enough streams to see how people are and things like that and get to know them but yeah it's uh, streams are interesting it's uh, a lot of different people and it's just uh, a lot of different motivations of people too so mm-hmm. it's uh, nice being them kind of figuring out the, the whys to why they do it right um, I think I think you have a pretty great mindset of how in terms of what motivates you and how 
you get into streams while you do it and you know i agree with you man i i do this because i really enjoy it you know doing like this podcast here having a conversation it's like i genuinely look forward to doing this and that's why i keep doing it and you know like you said like there could always be that challenge where you just look at the numbers and you might have days where you get a little bit discouraged but you know for me personally you know even if i get discouraged you know i hope that doesn't that doesn't like hinder me from still producing out content i think if anything like even during those times you should still try to push out content despite how you feel even if you feel a little bit down you should still try to push out content but again more than anything i just do it because i enjoy it it's a lot of fun i love interacting with the viewers i like talking to streamers like yourself talking about fifa or you know any other subject and uh yeah that's why i'm doing it man that's why that's why it's like yeah so. yeah that's that's yeah that's the main thing really if you it can be hard definitely if you say you do a stream and then you go look at the like the stream report after and see that maybe you're like from last month to this month you've maybe got down in views and stuff like that but i think as long as you try to just enjoy it especially would say early on with it too as long as you try and enjoy it and do enjoy what you're doing and that's the main thing really i mean the there's small there's a small amount of people out there who will become full-time without it but for the most part you've got to enjoy you, you spend a lot of time streaming everyone does if you're streaming you spend a lot of time doing it and say if you're streaming for like 80 100 hours a month if you're spending that many that many hours a month on something you don't enjoy then then don't do it you, you really have to do enjoy it else it's you're wasting your life almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. put it that way yeah mm-hmm. and like for me personally too it's like you mentioned like some streamers do it for the wrong reasons and like for me like i at least want to have that self-awareness if i ever get to a point where i kind of steer away from like the main reason why i'm doing this then you know it's like yeah i want to keep myself in check or at least have some other people like friends to keep me in check like i'm not acting all weird or doing crazy things to like i don't know like try to get more viewers or like be disrespectful to my viewers or other people like i don't want to compromise my values in order to get big or anything like that so i think for me personally like that like my values come first uh more than anything so yeah there is people out there who will you can you can tell that they they put on a persona or they'll they'll go over the top and things like that. People love that. I mean, it all mm-hmm. depends what kind of um, audience you're trying to attract. And, you know, the guys who will, will get like, they'll throw their chair and scream and shout. And I, again, I, I occasionally do punch my desk and things like that. But people, people yeah, do yeah. take it too far. But I think obviously people like that. And if you if you want that, if you want those kind of people in your community, then go ahead and do that. I mean, there's, there's obviously people who are entertainers at the end of the day, they're actors too. Um, mm-hmm. So they haven't got to be like that in real life. But, Again, you you will attract what you put out to people, and if you put out that you're say I wouldn't say immature, but you act in an immature way, then you'll get immature people in your chat. Yeah. If you try and be more kind of relaxed and calm, and attempt to be mature. Then, <laughs> then usually, usually you'll attract those kind of people, um, and that's really what it is. It's say, we say kind of a, a magnetic effect kind of thing. But usually, what happens is whatever you put out, you usually get those kind of people back. Hopefully. There's mm-hmm. obviously people out there who like to troll and things like that, and will uh, will go from stream to stream and do things. But for the most part, yeah, usually, usually you're able to kind of build a community off of how you kind of put yourself out to be or how you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I definitely want to be just me, and I don't want to be someone that I'm not. So what you see is what you get, and for me, that's it. Maybe it, it might not get all the viewers, but you know at least i'm true to my core you know yeah exactly like i said, like yeah. I said if you if you can do that and enjoy doing it at the same time then that's what matters really like yeah said, you've got you've got to enjoy the process of it too you've got to enjoy what you're doing in order to, to keep doing it yeah definitely so uh probably for this last part of the podcast uh i do want to talk about 
you said you played soccer. Uh, you're trying to play professionally and you coach a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, like, I guess, uh, where did it start this journey of playing soccer? So I would say I kind of started playing playing soccer fairly, not fairly early, I guess. I would say a bit later than the average person. Um, my kind of my family growing up were never really that big into into really football as such. And I, I honestly, I used to be terrible. I used to just like constantly kick it with my toe and would never be able to tackle people on the playground. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends early on played for a local club, and one day he was like, "All right, do you want to come? Do you want to come practice with me? Uh, we'll go training." And went from there. Really, I think it's one of those things. Whenever I get started with something, I always want to be good at it. I never want to pick someone up and not be good at it, or yeah. don't want to half-ass it really. Mm-hmm. So after that, I just kept going, kept improving. I didn't really a lot of it time in the UK is that people always want to get a tryout or trials at big professional clubs and for me it never really happened until I was 16 mm-hmm. so when I was 16 I was on trial at Southampton when they were in the championship and I mean Southampton probably one of the best academies in the, in England they produce a lot of good players mm. and so I was on trial there for it was I think it was a few months um so I was there. The first game I played was against Chelsea. We got beaten, I think it was like 7-0. 7-0 the first game. So <laughs> being a striker, I, all I was doing was just running around, <laughs> trying to chase the ball down. Mm-hmm. Chelsea team, I think they had like probably two two guys from England on the team. They had guys speaking to all these different languages at 16 years old. <laughs> and uh-huh. I was like, this is crazy. Like a whole different level to what I've been used to playing at. Mm-hmm. Um other games for Southampton I played against a team from Norway called Valagarenga. I think they were like the second best team in Norway. Mm. And then like Ipswich Town I played against them. And actually I was gonna meant to play against Arsenal too, but I went on a German exchange trip, so I missed a week. And that week that I missed was against playing against Arsenal. But yeah, after that I didn't didn't make a Southampton. I mean, it would have been I mean I did I did well enough to get the trial there in the first place. It was mm-hmm. a great experience for me. Mm-hmm. And to play against a lot of good players, play with a lot of good players, and kind of just experience a kind of whole professional setup was amazing. After that, when I had trials at lower league clubs in England, Exeter City and Plymouth Argyle, didn't make into either of those. So mm-hmm. after that, it was a case of like, if I'm not if I'm not going to make it now, then I guess that's kind of it really. I when I was 16, I then started playing men's football, and I made my debut for a some professional team when I was 16 years old. So like being 16, 16 years old playing against guys who were like 25, 30, 30 plus was was a good experience. I mean, they're they're big and they will they will kick the hell out of you. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good then. But yeah, like I said I played then, played a decent level, then got to eighteen, and I was like, what do I want to do now? Really, the issue is in England is that whatever you study before you graduate high school, such or college in England, mm-hmm. you have to then go and study university, and the good thing about America is that whatever you study beforehand, before you're 18, you can mm-hmm. then change what you want to do in, say, in college, university. You can even change after the first year or second. You can change your major and such. Right. But for me, I was stuck. I was like, tell you what, I know a guy who went to America the year before me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try and go through the process, see what happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, it all turned out well. Mm-hmm. It was tough though. I, I, I literally, I bought a car, was about to learn how to drive in England. And then I was like, uh, actually, I want to go to America. So I ended up selling that car. I never had a driving lesson in England. And <laughs> the money from money from the car, I then put to me coming out to America. Uh, but I had, offers from, I had offers from schools down in Texas, from New Hampshire, Kentucky, um, North Carolina, everywhere. But yeah, the, the best offer for me was in Kentucky and then went, went to school there for two years. My, my first school in Kentucky actually shut down after two years. Uh-huh. which was pretty crazy to have your college close. Um, oh. So I was there for two years, went back in the summer, back home in England, and then all of a sudden I got a text from my coach saying that, hey, by the way, the um, the school's closing. There was rumors happening beforehand that the school might close, but the school come out and said, don't worry, don't worry, like the school's not going to close, you'll be okay. So I was like, okay, I- I'll-, I'll trust you. And then I get a text in the summer saying, yeah, by the way, you hit the school shut. Got to find a new school. And I was like, uh, what the hell do I do now? But l- luckily, 
luckily there was a local school which was a all girls school and they were going to change to being co-ed so they went ahead they changed to be co-ed earlier they mm-hmm. took on like three or four teams from my previous college mm-hmm. and most of the guys from that same team went to that new school in Kentucky um, yeah and obviously played all the way through there um, was an All-American my last year and then after that I was like what what do I do now and coaching's the main thing really a lot of a lot of guys from England will stay out in America and do coaching that's kind of the easy thing to do mm-hmm. and a lot of people out here whether it be kind of clubs and whatnot and parents they always think that if you've got an accent you're a better coach <laughs> I know, I know, a lot, I know a, lot people, a lot of people. A lot of people out here will, will come out here and say not not very good qualifications and whatnot. Not really. They'll they'll play a bit of football, soccer back home, but just because they're English, they'll be seem to be better. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I enjoyed coaching for the two years I did it. It was uh, it was a lot of work, and sometimes very rarely got many days off really. But it's one of those things that I I enjoy doing it, but it wasn't really sustainable because mm. the, the company I worked for weren't, weren't the best. And <laughs> crazily enough, they actually went into administration and they're not a club anymore. They were actually, mm. I think they were, the big, they were the biggest club in the whole of America. They had uh, at least probably five teams in each state around that, in mm-hmm. different kind of region, in, regions in each state. Mm-hmm. And then kind of because of COVID and things like that, they actually shut down and mm. they, uh, <laughs> they went into administration. But... After that, I, I kind of I do a bit of coaching here and out here and there. Still, I do more like one-on-one sessions and kind of like two kids at a time, more like technical stuff. And I enjoy doing that. It's kind of a bit nicer than having a, a full team to kind of have to look after at first. But I still try and stay involved with kind of football and soccer as much as I can. But it is tough in America because I wouldn't say the kind of there is the same soccer environment and same kind of. Uh, it must depend on where you live too, but. It's, soccer isn't everywhere whereas mm. England every little town every little village has got three men's teams whatever mm. loads of youth, youth teams and, what, and whatnot but it's kind of I don't know football is everything whereas in America there is lots of different sports to kind of vie for that kind of top spot mm-hmm. whereas in England it, it really is it's football and then rugby's there a little bit but everyone's just so crazy about football that nothing can really compete with it mm-hmm Wow, that's a that's a crazy story. That's a quite a journey you had. Um, yeah, dang. Um, when you played collegiate, what division was it? It was NAIA, so it was oh, a NAIA, lot, of, okay. lot of small schools. Uh huh. The th- the thing with NAIA was that most of the schools have nearly a full international team. I know when I first came over here, my probably my first actually, all the way through, I probably never had more than probably two or th- two American players in the starting lineup in my whole like kind of collegiate career. It was first year there was like five or six guys from England, guys from Germany, um, where else are they from? Germany, South America, Dominican Republic, kind of Spain, things like that. Very, very diverse. And every other team we played against too, not many of them had Americans. I mean, the one of the local schools near me called Lindsey Wilson, they only had one American kid in their whole like team of 18 players and that kid was the coach's son as well so they uh they recruit from all over the place and yeah there's not many i mean NAIA predominantly is international kids and they can they can afford to do so i know mm-hmm. the ncaa the rules are a bit more stricter as far as if you play pro before you come out to america you can't play ncaa and a lot of oh, guys say okay. you would have earned money elsewhere in their own countries have uh-huh. to go to NAIA because mm-hmm. they have no choice and they kind of they can circumvent them rules a little bit and they can lie about it but yeah there's a lot of good guys that play and i think some of the guys too were like they come in as a freshman be like 21 22 years old and it's crazy like you're an 18 year old freshman playing against guys who were like 25 26 years old it is mad have you personally seen guys from neia that went on to play professional yeah so there was there was two guys from my school who went on to do so there was i mean numerous guys that I played against in America gone on to uh, to play not not in America as such that's the tough thing because obviously people think that coming to America is the easiest way to become a professional a lot of mm. guys would even go to say like a lower league in like Scandinavia and one guy went to play in Finland mm-hmm. in a lower division there but I mean it's a lot of good players that come out here 
it's just it's sometimes tough to, to stay out here and play kind of professionally full time because everyone in the whole world thinks that America again is a great place to live, but also is very easy to become become a professional, and it, and it really isn't really. Everyone wants to do it. Mm-hmm. When you finished your collegiate career, did you have any aspirations to continue playing? A little bit, but I knew that I knew myself that I probably wasn't good enough to to make it professional here. Mm-hmm. And I've been with my now wife for three years, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a case of do I do I come back to England and try and play a decent level, or do I do something else that like kind of as more of a full time thing that's more that I know is secure really and that's the thing that's probably the issue is in America is that when you finish in college you have to basically weigh up if you want to stop playing your sport mm-hmm. or you want to do something else and a lot of people do that too and even people who play NCAA at high level D1 whatever for them a lot of time is they stop playing that sport at a con- good competitive level then whereas in England people can play at a decent level all the way through like the 30s probably late 30s too but in America kind of stops there and you either got college and then you got professional and that's it there isn't really isn't a in between which is kind of a tough thing out here but yeah for me it's a case of I thought about coming out to England for a little bit but I enjoy being out here and it would have been kind of too too tough to, to try and attempt to make it pro in England I, honestly being completely honest I don't think I was good enough to to make it pro um, so hmm. that's the main thing is trying to be honest <laughs> with myself as well uh-huh. I could have could have tried but yeah I, I don't think I was just quite good enough come the end of it to to make a pro yeah I mean I, I could imagine how difficult it is so competitive and there's a lot of great players out there you know and trying to make it into the pro scene I, I could I could see like how difficult that really is yeah, no, it's uh, it's a doggy dog world, and <laughs> e- e- like I said, even guys, like I said, I, I play with a lot of guys who have gone on to to play at good level. I play with guys, even guys now who've gone to play for England, mm-hmm. and it's crazy to see their kind of pro- progress and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, there's still good levels of football in England that I think I could have played that, but mm-hmm. it's just whether you wanna you've got to weigh up kind of things as you get older, whether you wanna focus on playing football for again until I'm probably like say mid thirties, and then yeah. after that to get a normal job or yeah. trying to just commit to kind of living a living a good life and yeah not kind of worrying about the other stuff too much but yeah when you when you get older it's a lot of tough decisions you've got to make and mm-hmm. it can't all be for you also mm-hmm. if you're with someone right. too you kind of gotta take their thoughts into consideration as well right. um but yeah, yeah when you get older there's a lot of tough decisions you have to make and not always with the with yourself in mind straight away yeah definitely well, you know, it's been an hour. Um, it was a great podcast. Um, we should wrap it up. Is there, is there anything you want to say before we end this? Anything you want to share? I mean, I've enjoyed it. I said this this hour's gone by quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, that's definitely. always that's always a good thing too. And at least for me, I've not had to worry about kind of keeping track of time and stuff as a guest. So I've just been able to, to just talk. But no, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, said, no it's problem. Gone, it's gone by quickly, so it. It, must have it been definitely okay. has. It definitely <laughs> has. Um, please share your links, man. Like where people can find you. So, Mister Bristol HD on every single platform: Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think that covers everything. Instagram as well. But yeah, I've been able to, luckily, able to claim the same name on every single platform. That was one of the things I did early on too. I had to make sure I had every single name early on. Yeah, so I don't have to try and change it up. But yeah, we stream. Right. You stream five times a week, usually Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, and then obviously with the podcast for foot's sake, I'll get that back and running soon mm. with kind of some new FIFA 22 news. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty active on usually Twitch, but obviously very active on Twitter as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll leave the links in the description below. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, Mr. Bristow, for coming yeah. through on the podcast. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>